welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sashikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyat. It's really, really good to be with you again. And you know what? I know you'll be so happy you've tuned in for today's episode. It's a very, very special episode. It's actually part two of a conversation, an interview that I had with Hafsa Adham. Hafsa is a confidence coach who has been coaching for almost eight years. She founded and runs an organization called The Confident Muslim and works primarily, although not exclusively, but primarily with professional Muslims to help them build spiritually centered confidence. And that's what the part one of our conversation was all about. The idea of spiritually centered confidence, what it is, why it is so critical and important and how it can really make this whole process of confidence building and living with confidence in our lives more fun and easy. So make sure you check that episode out if you haven't already. Now, towards the uh, like, you know, at some point in our conversation, uh, talking about spiritually centered confidence, I asked her a question that ended up actually shifting us into talking about a very much related and yet I felt somewhat distinct topic that is a topic that you're going to be hearing about in just a little bit from her and I together in conversation and that is the connection between grief and gratitude connection between grief and gratitude and how that came about is that we were talking about spiritually centered confidence and I asked her about well what happens to our spiritually centered confidence when we experience something in our lives for example a trauma that might shake our confidence in god that might make us question how could a good god a loving god a god that's supposed to take care of me and just love me how could a god like that that a trauma or tragedy like this happen because these things happen in our lives true or true so that's the question that i posed to her and here is the response that hafsa made to my question and the rest of the conversation that we had that spun off from this question centering around grief and gratitude so um there's quite a bit to unpack there but what i would say is first of all we are all on our individual journey and no one is in judgment of anyone else and at the end of the day we can only embrace whatever reality we feel makes sense to ourselves so i say that my belief and i speak of my belief and no judgment to anyone else it's and, and where i am on my journey you know for me only god knows but you know everyone's at a certain stage at a certain frame of, i mean you yourself said earlier that you know when you went through your difficulties and i'm so sorry to hear that but when you went through your difficulties you didn't have access to 
inf information and, and the resources with it that spirituality can bring, the help, the comfort, you know, but I truly believe God gives you what you're ready for at the right time when you're ready and you know when your heart is open and when you when it makes sense to you and you know there's a lot a lot of factors there that go in so i can only speak from my perspective and you know i can i can tell you that i don't think if i didn't have my faith in god i don't think i'd be able to be sat here and have this conversation with you after recent events that have happened in my life. If it was not for my faith, I don't believe I would be sane. I don't believe that I would be here. What my faith has given me in probably the biggest calamity that I feel and I pray I ever have to face, you know, has been nothing short of life saving. And, you know, just um, it's given me a way to, to give context to everything. So that's what I feel spirituality gives. It gives context. Without that context, I don't know what, you know, what certain things would me mean. So what you're referring to is um, last year, early last year, um, I lost my husband um, very, very suddenly without warning. He was healthy by all accounts. He was um, just going about the day as usual. We, you know, I have three children and we've made plans for that weekend. And, you know, God had made other plans for us. And uh, he, he expressed that he wasn't feeling well, like he was having a bit of tightness in the chest. And 20 minutes later, his soul had returned to his maker. And it was literally like our lives had been taken up and turned upside down mm. and i think the hardest part of that was that it was just so sudden and un unexpected you know when i guess when there's sickness or when there's some kind of warning then you know um it it gives you a little bit of maybe it's just as hard i'm sure it's hard in a different way but there's a bit of mental preparation a bit of emotional preparation perhaps i can't say because i've not been there but i can say that having it happen having it happen so suddenly mm -hmm. if not for my faith i can tell you sammy i would not be here today it's you know because i've been married for 20 years it's, it's a lifetime you're married to somebody, you build your whole life, you set expectations. And, and this is why I say that, that reliance on God, that he has a better plan. And that I, we planned this, but God planned something else for us. Mm -hmm. And the context that comes with it. Yeah. Is what, yeah. you know, gives us that grounding. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your life with us. Sister Huff said, um, you know, I trust that your husband is like resting in peace. He's well loved and taken care of with mm -hmm. God right now. Mm -hmm. um, yes, indeed. And can you just um, maybe share with me a little bit more of like some lessons or some um steps that you can share with share with us right now in terms of yeah like the the, the healing process and the uh, you know like we had, we started out the conversation about talking about confidence and you know I, I you know like I was sharing earlier for me the healing process and the process of you know, regaining my sense of confidence, whether it's in myself or in my spirituality, very much, very much connected. Um, so I, I, I know we're not really going away from that topic, but just um, exploring now maybe a different facet of, of it. Um, so whatever calls to you um, uh, yeah. to share with us now, Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. 
Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Thank you. Yeah. I would say this, that I feel like God prepared me for this moment in many ways. A lot of my work uh, around confidence and spirit, the sort of the spiritual paradigm of confidence and building that connection with Allah and that total reliance on Allah, uh, on God, we, we say Allah, we mean God, um, enabled me to have a relationship with God established that could carry me through with what I can, I mean, it's hard for me to even explain, Samia, that I didn't even know the depths of pain and sadness that could even exist within me when it happened. It's like my right arm was just ripped off. It's, you know, it was so sudden, it was so raw, it was so um, without expect, you know, just not in our vision at all of what the future held. It was just, but it was from God. And I remember, and actually I didn't even know this, but people told me afterwards that on because when it happens, you're in a, you're in an altered state, and there's a lot of things people tell me that happened that on the day and afterwards that I have actually no recollection of, and I think maybe that's part of the trauma. But apparently I had been holding my kid's hand and saying, we will not question God. This is the will of God. We will not question God. And I can hand on my heart say that I have never questioned God. Why? Why did you do this? And I'll tell you why. Because as much as the grief and the pain and the hurt and the sadness is there, I know, I know fundamentally that we don't live in this world as though it's forever. Mm. This world we consider a temporary pit stop mm. in comparison to the eternity that awaits us. Mm -hmm. And so this is a temporary separation. And that's part of our belief. That's part of what faith gives us, this idea that it's a temporary separation. Secondly, that God does things for the best reason. And what gives me a lot of comfort is thinking that God willing, my husband's in the best place and he's free from the burdens and the stress of this world. And God willing, he's in, you know, he's in peace and his, you know, wherever he is in the next world right now. And that gives me comfort too, to know that, you know, that perhaps this was God calling him back from his mercy because my husband had passed the test of this world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I also know that God gives us the tools to cope like part of one of his names is a Latif, which means the most gentle. And I learned from my spiritual mentors that part of a Latif is that when he tests, he also gives you the tools mm. to cope, not just to cope, but to thrive and for something to come from there. But, you know, so not question, but I will say this, that grief is extremely messy. Mm. And it's not linear yeah. you know when they say grief hits in waves it's true and even to this day even to this day Samir probably if I had this conversation with you yesterday I may not have been able to get through it because yesterday was uh, a day where the feelings were a bit intensified and you know uh, there were a few triggers and you know and it's a process I, I understand it's a process but grief is not linear it's messy. There are times where you think, okay, 
start my body starting to accept I'm start and then the next day it hits you like a big wave mm-hmm. you know and it's just intense and I've learned a few things one is give yourself permission to grieve it's part of the journey and grief comes in many forms for many things whether it's the loss of a loved one whether it's the loss of health whether it's the loss of a lifestyle that you had you know and there are many levels of grief there are many ways to experience grief but i you know for me in particular this experience of grief has been on many levels extremely painful extremely hard but equally the sadness and the loss is there but equally i feel immersed in gratitude and that is what I feel faith offers me and people might think what well, you're grieving how can you feel grateful grateful for what right you've lost your husband what are you grateful for but when you're linked to your faith and when you believe in God and when you know that there is goodness in everything as we are told then you look for the khair, the good right which khair means good you look for the good you look for the ways that God compensates and he has sent so many mercies and he has you know we know with every hardship there are so many eases and if we stay connected to looking for that it's not mutually exclusive it's not that you just say well i'm grateful and you know and that's it because that's a bit of what 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 some call spiritual bypassing meaning that we just say i'm just going to say i'm grateful i'm just going to believe in god i'm just going to but we're not actually dealing with the, yeah. the fullness of the emotions that come up it's it's grieving and it's gratitude it's it's allowing both processes mm. um you know uh i i took grieving uh um grief counseling which to be honest was a lifeline as well you know so there's a there's a lot of work that we need to do on ourselves whilst we stay connected to god in gratitude in you know in in having the best opinion of him and trust in him and knowing that this is temporary yeah. and there's a higher purpose to all of this and there's a reason for all of this my yeah. children had to change overnight they had to step up in many ways they had you know so there's lots to say about it all um there's a lot of comfort in our quran in our prophetic tradition as well oh Thank you again for sharing that. And you brought up like so many like really uh, deep, uh, deep bits of wisdom uh, to follow up on. I think for me, one one of the points that I would love to highlight and um, sort of talk a little bit more about is this idea of the, the grief coming in waves. I know um, like in a different context like uh, when you have any kind of trauma that you're dealing with um, uh, the healing journey is sort of like it's up and down you know sometimes you're doing better and sometimes you're not doing so good and I think one of the lessons that I've learned about that is you know, when it seems like, oh, I'm in a dip again and not doing so well, like sometimes it's old stuff coming up that you have not been able to deal with and properly heal and let go of. And so it comes up again when you're mm-hmm. perhaps, uh, you know, like as another chance, as, as another opportunity for you to work through it again this time. But also another reason why you can experience a dip is sort of like because you dealt with and healed a certain aspect of how that trauma impacted you but trauma impacts you and so like the impact of trauma is so complex you know it's like so layered that maybe the reason you're going in a dip right now is because there's just now this other layer that you didn't deal with before or weren't able to deal with before that now here's another opportunity to deal with. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that you are, you know, going through this uh, sense of up and down. It's just really like you were saying, part of the healing journey. 
It's absolutely a process and there are stages. And I remember quite early on, I mean, there's many stages to grief. And I would say that although they say there's five stages to grief and there's theories around it, I would say it's individual to each person. Mm -hmm. And I know I, especially when you lose someone suddenly without expectation, without any warning, it feels unreal for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. So the, the denial stage was, was quite long myself and even even 10 months on sometimes it's still like you know I catch my breath and I'm like really that happened like subhanallah you know but I found that that was really hard when that would come up when when suddenly the reality kind of the reality comes in whether it's through conversation or just a thought that comes up an impulse that comes up a, a realization that comes up or something that you would normally do together and Oh, I'm by myself, you know, and that's not there. When those thoughts would hit, that's really some of the biggest moments where I would spiral down. And so the way I would eventually handle that and handle it today is the moment that happens and that unrealness comes in, I immediately say something that we say in Islam, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun, which means to Allah we belong and to him is our return because immediately it grounds me in the context of my faith, the understanding that we're here temporary, temporarily. We're just passing through and we are belongings to our, to our God. Yeah. And he, we came from him and we go back to him. And that's the reality of life. My husband has just led the way. We're all following him. We're all going in the same direction. We don't know when our souls will be taken, but all of us will taste death as we are told right as, as we know so you know immediately it just grounds my heart it just and I got a lot a lot of strength from um what we're told in the Quran and what we're told in our prophetic tradition the stories that are there about people of in our history prophets who are tested um you know uh, one one such example is Moses when his mother released him into the Nile. And then it talks about her pain and her anguish at the loss of her, you know, losing her son for her. Essentially, she was inspired to, you know, send him in onto the river. And um, But did she, you know, imagine a mother putting her child into the river and just releasing. And she felt her heart was like, you know, ripped in two. And, and God talks about how he bound her heart together, tied it back together. So when I would read stories like this, I would make supplications to God saying, God, tie my heart together, mm. you know, and one of God's names is one of the names that he calls because he has revealed names and attributes about himself. One of his names is Al-Qawi, the most strong. And I used to find that so like when I would, especially in the early stages, when it hits, it's so... It's so deep, it's so painful. It literally felt like a physical pain in my gut, a physical pain in my gut that, you know, how am I gonna like come out this? And holding onto that rope and saying to God, yeah, Bowie means, oh, the one who is most strong, give me strength from your strength. Give me strength from your strength. And one handhold at a time, I would climb by my way back up. And it would just take me back to a place where I could function again and I could, you know. And so there was a lot of strength that I drew from my faith mm. that without which I just, you know, I, I, I don't know where I'd be. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure, I, I agree with you that the way we experience grief, the, the way we go through our healing journey, there, there are some aspects to it that are very individual to, to us, you know, because we are different people and so we respond, respond in different ways and yet there are certain certain things that you know just because we are human that we share so certain like this beautiful um, um 
lifeline that we have in the context of the healing process of 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 our faith at the beautiful lifeline of being able to tap into find something good to be grateful for um these are these are principles that i think no matter who you are um you you can if you're aware of them then you can reach towards them in your own at your own pace in your own good time but you can yeah. reach towards these to help you on your healing journey yeah yeah and i i would also say you know under staying connected to yourself mm. and what your needs are being present to your needs and allowing it to be so so there were days because i think you know especially um in our islamic tradition i know the the wife is given four months of solitude and time to four months and 10 days the recommendation is you know three days of grief and then um there is an encouragement to move forward not move on i don't say move on because i don't think you can move on i think you move forward you learn to adapt to life around this but you know even post the grieving stage there's still moments where your body will speak to you and it will say like there were many moments where i just knew something i craved especially in the early stages was solitude yeah. just um solitude just to be alone with god just to be alone with god and just you know and i didn't have it actually in the first month because i mean i have an incredible much you know much like community and people and and that helped definitely that helped because it, it gave supportive you know um structures for the kids and and sort of support for myself but at some point it just became too much and you know uh, it felt overwhelming anxiety started kicking in and then i knew i have to give myself some time out and i did that and that's what my body needed and there are some days where you have proactivity and then you have that big dip and on those days i just give my permission myself permission to be with the the down feelings and just if i need to take the day off if i need to go out for a big long walk meet with someone just give myself what it needs to refresh to recharge to rejuvenate to just you know whatever it needs to console to to um you know to soothe yeah. and then without judgment mm. without the judgment and i think that's a big thing because there was a level there was at one point a frustration of why am i still feeling like this why am i why aren't i able to just do this why and i released all of that and i said you know what this is my companion right now <laughs> the sadness and the grief and when it shows up i'll be with it it's okay and i will do whatever i need to do and then inject myself back into routine and life again yeah that was a, that was a big healing um part as well of yeah. the journey oh oh my gosh yes it, it, it's like i i think that's one of actually the most important things for us to understand about our feelings and why we have them is that whatever feeling we're having um and in this context we're talking about the harder feelings that we can have but really i i the way i see it the role is to actually be alerting us to the fact that there's something that we're needing and we're not receiving that and so then the the feeling comes up to be like a warning bell you know as it were to let us know hey there's something you're needing and you don't have it yet do something about this and it and it's dangerous not to give your body yeah. what it needs because i remember when i wasn't giving myself that solitude that time out mm -hmm. i started to get panic attacks which is not something that i've ever experienced in my life before but it's the body's way of coping it's the body's way of of um fighting back and rebelling and saying hey this is not this is not cool you, you know there are signals that it sends and if we're not listening to the signals then it will scream <laughs> it will be like alarm bells firing off and yeah. that was my alarm bell and my and one of my at one point one of my kids saw it and they got so they've just lost a parent and then to see 
you know, their mother going, I, that's when I said enough is enough. No way. I have to listen to my body and what it's saying. And I have to do time out. And we had to put a hard stop on just, you know, uh, seeing people and just give ourselves the time for that moment, what we needed. Yes. You know? Yes. And that, I, I oh, yeah, it can be tricky sometimes for us to recognize what it is that we're really needing because there's a lot of times, you know, conventional wisdom that, or people, you know, um, I mean, they're coming from, a really good place to try and help you and they um, are trying to help you from the best they can from their perspective from their knowledge but as you were sharing and you were saying earlier we're each one of us in some ways our journey for healing and coping it's going to be different mm -hmm. so for some people they need that constant companionship and activity and to be around people as part of what they need to 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 deal and cope with their grief or you know and 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 probably all of us need it for some period of time but there are some of us for sure who also need that time of solitude um as part of our healing and coping um and i know that that has been true for me as well that you know i'm i'm the kind of person where um i mean i love and appreciate the the people in my life and the support that i'm able to receive from them and usually it's not enough i need quiet time as well just me and my lord <sighs> it takes courage though to do that Samia, yeah. because the temptation is to get because it's painful Yes. It's painful to sit in stillness, to be present to the emotions, to give it some airspace. Mm. We can get very used to stuffing it down and suppressing it and then just distract ourselves. And I see this time and time with a lot of my clients. They distract themselves. They go into that numbing space because this is too hard. And that's, you know, initially that might be what needs to happen to cope to until... The, the feelings settle a bit for us to do the processing but if we don't do the processing and we don't create some stillness and we don't address it then that's not actually going to help us in the long run because those suppressed emotions they they're like an engine that's slowly churning away and they start to come out they leak out in different ways yeah. and we carry all of that around with us and it gets heavier and heavier Mm. And so at some point, at some point, yeah. we will need to create those moments of stillness, connect with someone that can help yeah, and, and work through and process. And that, that journey looks different to everyone, yes. but in whatever way that it actually um, serves the individual and offers release, then it's important to do it. Yes. You know, what you're sharing makes me realize that I think one of the reasons why I tend to crave um, solitude as part of my healing process is because, again, it's like the, the people who are around me are trying to help me yeah. with, with uh, dealing with whatever it is that I may be dealing with. Um, it's just that they have different ideas and they have different strategies and, you know, just people in, I, I think in general, um, in our culture, we are taught to be always sort of in this doer mode, you know, of you need to be doing something to, um, solve a problem or help yourself uh, with whatever whatever the issue is and and i'm realizing more and more now that a lot of times the solution is not us doing more but what what is really needed is that letting go that we talked about earlier 
yeah 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 it's that you know we tend to go external focus to fix things so let me do this let me let me let me get busy with this project let me take on this so then i don't really have to do the work that i need to do but what we need to always the external focus i mean i agree with you that is oftentimes what's going on but also sometimes what i'm realizing is that we take on the responsibility like even as people of faith i think sometimes consciously or unconsciously we take on the responsibility of fixing our problems and and the 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 fact is that there are problems we cannot fix they're beyond our capacity and i think when it comes to his aspects certain aspects of healing from trauma this is true that there are certain aspects of healing from trauma that you you cannot heal yourself that you cannot fix yourself in certain ways no matter how much you try you know and and the only thing that can really work is letting go of that responsibility like you know and and being like god please take yeah. care of this for me because i can't yeah. and it's just like i know for me the reason that i took on that responsibility and i held on to it and i refused to let go and i suffered as a consequence was because i was scared i was so scared um my faith was not as deep uh, mm. uh you know wait, wait. Yeah. we're looking for solutions we're looking for solutions outside of actually the source that can really help us yes and we'll never find it it's like looking in empty buckets because nothing's going to fill that void yeah except that context that faith gives us except that tawakkul except that trusting god except and i would say also being brave enough to bring an internal focus Yes. When ready, when ready. I mean, I know for me it took a long time before I could access grief counseling. I wasn't ready before. You know, and so when you're ready to do some of that work, bring in that rather than looking out externally, you're tapping into your soul and you're doing some of that soul work. Yeah. Some of that, you know, yes. understanding what well, what is it that I'm experiencing? How am I looking at it is there another way that i need to look at it is there another way that i need to hold on to this like i know one of the things i think in the beginning is i wasn't giving myself permission to grieve yeah. i was feeling like i had to be stoic i had to be strong i had to be this I'd, i have kids i need to be and there there was so much control yes being exercised there but i i'm not able to control that and i wasn't given a release or an outlet so exactly what you said giving myself permission to grieve just offered that release and then taking all of that yeah. all of that and giving it to god and saying god help me with this i'm entrusting all of this with you yeah. and i know that you will respond he, god says call on me mm-hmm. and i will respond yes. and so having a lot of faith that when i turn to god and i'm supplicating to god he is responding He is responding. Yes. You know, for me, this brings up the distinction between, you know, having an intellectual understanding about something and really feeling mm-hmm. that that belief or that idea, like really, really feeling and experiencing. Uh, the reality of that idea it's like at an intellectual level you know we have learned and known perhaps from when we were little kids intellectually but we learned these concepts of god is compassionate god is merciful god is you know there to help us with everything but it's only when we go through these really really difficult times that belief gets tested and deepened yeah. or not you know um or not um 
but it's like when you're in that moment of trauma in that moment of deep grief then you know it's like intellectually you have an idea but are you in that moment really able to feel that presence of god as the compassionate and the helper and you know all of that and yes and sometimes we're not able to feel that right away and i i think for me that's part of where i need the stillness before i can actually feel it you know i think you've touched upon something so profound and deep and, and relevant that it's the journey from here to here when we're looking for healing and we're looking for long-term uh strength to move forward and that release we intellectualize we 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 kind of tend to live up here and we kind of cut off from down here mm-hmm. all the emotions all the the beliefs all the pain all the you know all of that is locked in the body and until we drop learn to drop from here yeah. to our body and it takes courage really it does but it's it's worth the journey because when we do and we process and we we go from here to here and we allow the body to release and you know every part of us every part from mm. from the the feet you know to that to the answer and and that is a process so people may be wondering well how do you do that yeah it's really through you know um stillness faith working with someone um learning to read the signals your body gives getting in touch with the, our soul and you know understanding what's 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 my heart what's my soul what's what's my inner wisdom what's the core of my being expressing to me what's the wholeness of my body saying to me not just here because our thinking mind can take us in all different directions really good things and not great things at all right and we can just you know go go kind of crazy with our thoughts and start ruminating on things and and or thinking we're okay but actually our body is responding in very very different ways mm. and that kind of disconnect creates yeah. a lot of difficulty yeah oh my gosh i i really really deeply believe this now that ultimately any healing we experience comes from our heart it really does and our mind it's there it's doing its best to figure things out and help us but really it's not its area of expertise so <laughs> it's just not able to help us in the best ways uh, with with the healing process and really the best guide is our heart and because it's our heart that connects us to in the most direct way to the guidance um the spiritual guidance um, i i i i think it's you know i think it works in tandem so i think you know yeah being able to process the emotions being able to connect with them is a somatic you know bodily experience yeah. but then the processing and the Mm. unpacking and working through it that's a lot of you know connecting the mind then the mind and yes. body and working together in unison you yeah. know with our intuition with our heart with our spirituality with our soul with our mind and using all the facilities that god has given us yes to work together to process and move forward that's really when we can do that in a way that feels we're in alignment yes and we're connected within and externally to the things that are meaningful and purposeful to us indeed indeed that's an excellent point because ultimately we are everything's interconnected and you know within us it's not like my heart is something completely separate and independent of my mind and or my body it's like we are ultimately one b yeah oh yes so oh my gosh i want to just keep talking with you and <laughs> we have to start wrapping up um but one last question that i want to ask you is that um for people who who are grieving and needing some help and support with their healing process um 
is this something that you're able to help people with now? Uh, so I I would recommend for someone who's grieved, and it get it depends on the the level of grief and and what the grief is. So if it's the experience of losing a loved one, if it's the loss of life, if it's very deep, um, a very deep calamity that has happened, and there's there's real raw emotions. I would say when you're ready, reach out to someone who is an expert in grief therapy or grief counseling. And definitely it's important to work with someone who will be able to work with you on that deeper level, because it may be therapy, it may be counseling, uh, it may be, you know, different various treatments that's required. Um, I do coaching. So it's really when a person is ready and able to move forward maybe they're a bit further along and maybe there's some elements that they haven't um you know worked through in terms of grief we do some work there but they're in a position where they're able to move forward and i think that's the key distinction for me if somebody came to me, like if I, if someone experienced what i experienced and came to me i wouldn't i would absolutely signpost them to someone who is um uh this is their speciality and and you know they would be in uh they'd be in better service going to somebody who could deal on that level with them oh thank you for and so my follow-up question is you talked us a little bit more about what you have coming up uh, where you are most excited about and um about helping people like what yeah. people come to you for that you are uh, really happy and excited about thank you so much so i i do confidence coaching well i i still do it but that was my primary focus helping people find faith-based courage to take action in the different areas of their life so whether it's marriage whether it's relationships children parenting work career you know it was kind of across the spectrum i'd say primarily it was the work with themselves the relationship with themselves finding the truest most uh, core um essence of who they are and connecting from that place place of their soul um you know and and really making their life building their life coming from that place after what happened with my husband and the sequence of events thereafter my i still do that work but my focus has shifted mm. i think for me through that process the world was unveiled in a way that i didn't appreciate before and there's a sense of urgency now for me to share some of the truths that have been become very very apparent to me from my faith perspective the idea that we are on this earth very temporarily i think we get very quickly sucked into this resident mindset that we're here forever this is our home and then we make decisions we we um, sort of um, make choices and create lifestyles around that attitude and approach to life uh, which you know from a, again from a faith perspective doesn't serve the next life which we consider our eternal home and the place that we need to be building assets for whilst still of course making a life for ourselves here aiming high um you know working towards the things that we want enjoying the comforts that god has put for us in this world but not in a way that disconnects from the next world so with that being said um i felt um inspired to open up an academy called the Awakened Hearts Academy and i've one of the one of the prophetic sayings that came up very early on in my process after things that happened you know with what happened was this prophetic saying where the prophet our prophet went to a youngster and he gave him very short but very potent advice he said live in this world as though you are a stranger or a traveler mm. and it really got me thinking because this what we're talking about is an attitude is an approach to life if i put myself into the shoes of a traveler 
I'm just traveling through. I'm just passing through. That now informs my whole approach to things. As a traveler, do we build and build and build? As a traveler, do we try to accumulate so many things? Or, or are we enjoying the sights and sounds as we travel, but the focus is still on the destination? Yes. Still. So with that being said, I've created a program called the Travelers Program, which will be offered on the Awakened Hearts Academy. Um, I believe we're going to post links with this. Um, so if anyone is interested, they can uh, click on the links. It does go live on the 4th of February. And it's a, it's a six-week program called The Travelers that is helping us adopt this approach and attitude to life. How do I live in this world like a traveler, but not live in a monk-like existence where I'm disconnected from life, because I think there's a big misunderstanding around that, that I have to abandon life, I have to live in poverty, and I have, this is not what the prescription is at all. It's actually, yes, um, build a life here, enjoy the comforts, but whilst building your assets in the next for the next life, mm-hmm. and keeping that very much in mind. So that's really... Um, where my focus has shifted to and I feel very purposeful around you know helping myself first and foremost and others adopt this traveler's mindset I love it I love it I think you know that is a really really practical approach to understanding and living out our spiritual uh, faith and just living out our spirituality or living leading our life from that spiritual orientation i just absolutely absolutely it's an orientation you said it. it's an orientation it orients us Mm -hmm. towards god towards the eventual home and you know we look at this world differently not that we can't enjoy this world but we look at that enjoyment differently we feel a sense of healthy detachment yeah and honestly it's liberating it's actually liberating in many ways because i think a lot of the stress and pain comes from our attachments to this world and the things we need to happen and the things we feel we should have and what should happen but the moment you adopt this mindset that we're traveling to there's a healthy level of attachment to the right things yes oh my gosh Sister Hafsa, you're going to have to come back and tell me more about it. <laughs> I would honored to. Oh Thank you. That is like a whole other, um, you know, deep, deep discussion that we can get into. And I will look forward to that. So just for right now, we are going to go ahead and wrap up. And yes, to all of our listeners, Please make sure you check out the show notes uh, so you can connect with the Sarafsa. Check out this fabulous new course that she has coming out um, or, you know, um, the other things that she has to offer and connect with her. I really, really hope you do. And until we connect next time, I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy. 